0: We Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 114. On this week's episode, we discuss all the latest Nintendo Switch information, including online functionality, voice chat, oh, and by the way, did I mention that we have Roger's base here to discuss his hands-on impression and most recent appearance in the Nintendo Minute. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Believer by Imagine Dragons. Jesse, cue the music. Gentlemen, welcome. Today it's February first, two thousand seventeen. Guys, I am hyped to be here, and you are tuned in to the proper Nintendo podcast for all things Switch and all things parenting. I'm your host Justin Masson. Joined with me today are some of the greatest men in podcasting around. Well, actually, I couldn't find them, but these three will also do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, first Jesse waldak Jesse, how are you today, sir?
1: I'm uh, pretty good. I, again, I, get, I always get not used to getting the second billing, so I I get confused.
0: You, you, sir, you, sir, deserve more than a second billing. <laughs> speaking, speaking of a third billing, down deep south, our man, Mister Marty
2: Estes. Marty, how are you today, buddy? I am fantastic.
0: Ready to go. Excellent. I like it. Marty is Marty's a trooper. He's in some shoddy Wi-Fi on a training convention. So thank you so much, sir. But speaking of not being shoddy or at a training convention, our special guest, as always, <laughs> and frequent contributor to our show, Rogers Base. Roger, how are
3: you? I am doing wonderful, you guys. That was a beautiful uh, segue, right now. Not shoddy, and not at a training convention. <laughs> yeah, I, I,
1: I normally get the wrong end of that. Uh, some of those segues. <laughs> yeah,
3: you know, when when
0: when when Zach's not here, I both have to be the nice guy and the mean guy, all in one kind of like Jekyll and Hyde uh, kind of afternoon. So, uh, yeah, Roger, thanks for joining us. I know we're going to we're going to talk a lot about Switch information. Uh, you got your hands on recently, right?
3: I did, yeah. I was on the latest episode of Nintendo Minute, and they basically invited me and JD Witherspoon to a surprise event at YouTube Space. We were told that it was a Yoshi event. They lied to us. It was a Nintendo Switch event. And uh, so we got to play Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, one, two, Switch, get our hands on the Pro controller, unclick the Joy-Cons, play in handheld mode, tabletop mode, we did everything, and it was just an awesome experience. And I got to vlog the whole thing, too, for my own channel, so it was just a blast.
0: Yeah, it was. It, was yeah, it first and foremost, guys. If you have not a watched the most recent uh, Nintendo Minute, go check that out with Roger. He's there. Uh, but then go and check out his channel with his vlog, where he provides his perspective of the entire event. And man, I was I was watching that, and I was like, I am so jealous. I am so jealous. Uh, it Looked like you had a fantastic time.
1: I, oh, I think the, I think the best part of all of this is he's on the thumbnail. Yeah, yeah. that
3: shocked me. That morning, I knew that was going up at 3 p.m. Pacific time, because they had told me so that I could, like, sort of upload my uh, my own vlog at the same time. And I thought the thumbnail was going to be, like, the Switch, or I thought it was going to be yep. just, you know, Kit and Krista. And so when I logged on and I refreshed and I saw it was me going, oh my god, looking at the Switch, on the thumbnail on the official Nintendo channel, my heart fluttered, like, a little, a little extra time that day. It was so good, I I, I couldn't get over it, yeah.
0: No, nobody puts Roger in the corner. Nobody. Nope. <laughs> nobody. All right, excellent. Well, let's jump in. We got some. We got some news to talk about. But Roger, we definitely want to. We want to s- sink into your experience with the Switch, everything that you played, and talk about how, how good you are at indeed milking cows. Uh, before we do that, let's jump into what we've been uh, our, our news. Marty, who is our news brought to us by?
2: Our news is brought to us by our good friends over at One Up Box. Uh, you can go over to 1upbox.com and get your very own one Up box because, hey, who doesn't like geeky stuff, right? And that's, I mean, you do, right? Of course you do. Roger, you like geeky stuff?
3: Yeah. 1upbox sponsors my channel, too, so I love them. Awesome.
2: Yeah. So it's probably one of the reasons uh, that you listen to podcasts in general is that you like geeky stuff, and so you probably like surprises, you probably like neat things, and who would? Who doesn't like receiving packages in the mail once a month with surprises and geeky stuff? And so you can go over to OneUpBox.com and use the code NINTENDODADS to get $3 off of your first box. And we appreciate that, and we appreciate 1upbox.com for sponsoring our show. Awesome. Thank
3: you. Yes, absolutely. I want to give so, a shout-out to one little thing that was in the 1upbox last time, too. Yeah. is the uh, Last month, they had that Bowser mask.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. like yeah.
3: The, yeah, I love that. I don't know when I'm ever going to use it, but I opened it on an unboxing stream, and I'm like, I need to find a way to incorporate this into a future video.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was yeah. That, You know, that's what you should have worn during your um, your one-two switch video.
3: Yeah, actually,
0: <laughs> put, put that over the bandana. the bandana. That would be deadly. <laughs> yes, yeah. sick. I love that. Uh, Yeah. All right. So let's. So yeah, one a box. We love them. Thank you so much. Um, and guys, if you haven't. Check out January's one-up box uh, unboxing Marty did. Um, his daughter freaking out about the Ray doll that he got. She got was amazing. I love that. All right, guys, we got some news to talk about. Uh, there is some, you know, some high-level stuff. We're going to really dive into the meat potatoes of the Switch, uh, but there are some things we do want to cover, guys. Ukulele goes gold we got that information this week but we haven't really found out much about the switch we do hear information that it's still being worked on but doesn't sound like it's a day and date release as uh, xbox or sony and potentially no physical version now jesse you're a backer of ukulele how uh do you have any information on this for us uh
1: what i remember reading from the from the update uh, that they sent out to the backers was that that they they will Unlock soon the our our ability to change how we want the game distributed. So those who picked Wii U like I did can change it to another format, including Switch. They said, um, or uh, they, we can ask for our money back if we want. Right. And in addition, the uh, Xbox and PS4 backers can upgrade to a physical copy if they want. So those will be available to backers. But uh, right now it sounds like the switch version will be digital only but and also will you know that that is' that release is still unknown as of you know, mm. in, in, in a date so it won't be yeah. released in April most likely. I wasn't expecting it to be because they were working on the Wii version up until so late right but uh, so we... at least we know they are so- t- talking. To, it does not sound like it's a maybe it sounds like it's definitely happening we just yeah. don't know when yet
0: do we think it's possible and on obviously uh playtronics has kind of mentioned that there's not going to be a physical version do we think it's possible that we could actually see a day and date digital release on the switch with a physical shortly to follow afterwards because i think that day and date release is so important for third parties to get a hold of um and i think i think i don't know about you guys i'd love to have this on the switch the same day as everyone else roger what about you are you interested in this game
3: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a backer of ukulele. I yeah, put yeah. a lot of money to it, and I really wanted it. I backed the Wii U version, and the second that I heard they canceled the Wii U version to make a Switch version, I was ecstatic. When I heard right. that a couple months ago, I was like, this is great, that's exactly what I want. And now, I'm not so sure I feel the same way, Uh, Because I don't think the Switch version is going to be day and date. I think it's going to be a couple months later. And they're giving you the option right now to either get a refund on your backing. But I I know I'm not going to do that because I know it's a game that I want. And so, you know, it's like $15.00 was, I think, the amount of money that I put towards it. And so honestly, it's like, I'm not going to get a refund. when If I was going to buy it later, it'd be like 40 bucks. It makes no sense. I'm just going to keep that copy. Um, but now my question is whether or not I'm going to stick with the Switch version and mm-hmm. just hold out a couple months and like say, yeah, I do want that Switch version for the digital code. Or if I'm going to say, you know what, I'm just going to bite the bullet, and I'm going to uh, exchange my Wii U version for a PS4 code. Because I love my PS4. I play my PS4 all the time. And, um, and so I might do that. I still haven't decided yet. But I think I kind of want to be able to play that game on the go. And I right. think it might be worth it for me to just hold out for the extra couple months um, for the Switch version so I can be able to like play it on a plane or play it when I'm in line at Disneyland or whatever. So, mm-hmm.
0: Marty, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Uh, well, I, didn't, I was late to the game, and I didn't back Ukulele. So that'll probably be a game that I pick up when it does come out on the Switch. But there's going to be enough for me to play when switch comes out that i i I don't need one more game that i'm going to have to pay for sure (laughs) i'm probably not
1: going to be ready for it in april anyway because i we were we have persona 5 coming out in two weeks zelda and the switch coming out three weeks after that and i probably will be playing zelda for more than a month (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about my April schedule too, and really like from March to April, I know with the Switch I'm getting Breath of the Wild 1-2 the Switch, then I know I'm getting uh, Super Bomberman R, and Puyo Puyo mm-hmm. Tetris I'm getting an import copy of, because that's at launch in Japan, but it's not here, and that's not something that really re- requires a lot of, um, you know, like of, of localization. I could just play the Japanese version. And so I know I'm going to be playing that, and then in April is when Mario Kart 8 Deluxe comes out too, and on top of that... Arms comes out in the spring, and Snipper Clips comes out in March. So that's six games that I know I'm going to be playing within the first two months of the Switch. And yeah, I guess when you guys put it like that, I could hold off a couple extra shirts, sure. and and I think I'll just keep the Switch version. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So speaking of ukulele, what about the rumor that uh, Playtronics tre- tweeted a possible ami- amiibo uh, picture today? Yeah, I, I, I
3: was not even aware of this. What?
2: Uh, yeah, I just, just it put in the, in the chat, chat for
3: you. Okay, let me click.
0: Yeah, I saw that as well. I, I don't like. Here's the thing: is I don't know whether that's them showing a potential prototype or whether that's some guy in the office who just happened to fool around and was good at customization, made something. Right? Any custom amiibo. I'd love to see. I'd love to see a little bit more of Nintendo opening the doors to third parties uh, for amiibo. As a matter of fact, Imogen Forum uh, just yesterday tweeted out an image of Rusty as an amiibo as well. Looks mm-hmm. like it was actually a. Um, a customizer's Amiibo that they happen to have on their shelf, but it may have been indicating that we may see a third-party Amiibo again from from them. Obviously, Shovel Knight was our first third-party Amiibo uh, from an indie perspective. I think Ukulele would be fantastic. I'd love to see them expanding that, um, but I don't know if 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 Amiibo is in the healthiest conditions right now to to warrant, I guess I would say the time and energy and marketing uh, and build time it would take associate with that. When they did I Shovel would, Knight, Shovel Knight was such a
3: yeah, I was thinking about it. And I, wasn't there another third party that released an amiibo? I'm pretty sure in Japan there were Monster Hunter amiibos.
0: Right, you are right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, the, those those I, didn't come north side.
1: I think the fact that since the game is not primarily Nintendo like Shovel Knight was, it, you know, the odds of an amiibo are pretty small.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny though, because a lot of the early backers who backed Ukulele, myself included, I know are hardcore Nintendo fans who were hankering for another Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie-like mm-hmm. experience. And so, to me, Ukulele has always come off, even though it is on every platform, as a primarily Nintendo game, sort of in the same yeah. fashion as Shovel Knight. Um, I had this discussion with Josh a couple days ago too about third parties and the Switch, and we can get into that maybe a little bit later in the show. But I feel like. Ukulele and Shovel Knight both have that special X factor when it comes to seeming like Nintendo properties and mm-hmm. being Nintendo esque games. They have like that magical, character driven sort of aspect to them. And and yeah, I do think a ukulele amiibo would work. I'm thinking of all the other indie parties that are out there who would maybe release amiibos. And I do think this would be a good one.
0: Mm. Oh, absolutely right. I'd love, I'd love to see it. I just, I don't know if they're going to do it. Uh, but you're, you're, you are right in that. Like I Shovel Knight and Ukulele, there is, there is something in the, in the secret sauce that makes it feel very Nintendo esque, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's an interesting part about when Ukulele uh, mentioned this week that they're going gold. The amount of commentary I was seeing from their Twitter account was, so when is it coming to Switch?
2: Right, so, right. <laughs> oh, what's going
0: on there? Right, like everyone's like, yeah, yeah, it's great school, but seriously, that one's not showing up. So I think that the Nintendo fans are definitely pining for it, uh, and hopefully, hopefully, that will uh, come to fruition soon. And that this is not a, a weird sign of what things will come to or look like for third parties with Nintendo. I think this is just a happen chance of, of when ukulele went gold and the production time between Switch and uh, and release. So definitely. hopefully, this is not a sign of things to come either. All right. Uh, other news to jump into here, folks. Um, there was the fiscal res- or financial results this uh, this week from Nintendo. Jesse, anything big pop out of that that we really want to talk about?
1: Uh, I honestly haven't heard anything about it, so I sweet. I can't speak to it. Okay. They sold stuff. They did all
0: right. <laughs> um, they they money.
1: I heard they profited. They didn't Prop- take a loss.
0: Yeah, they did officially announce that they that they have um, they have stopped uh with the with the Wii U production. Uh, Jesse, Marty, or uh, Roger, anything from that from, from Wii U production now stopping?
3: Uh, good riddance. There we go. Sure, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, not, sure. not
1: not shocking. I, I think I did hear that you know the, the uh, numbers of Super Mario Run sold was now up to about five million units, as up from mm-hmm. three million units when we last talked about this. So, right. again, I, I People tell me from a mobile app point of view, that's pretty good, but still, I think it's, those are kind of sad numbers compared to the number of downloads. I
2: did see um, a number for Wii U sales for 2016 was under a million for the entire year. Ooh, ouch! It was something like it was close. It was like 960 thousand, but it was it was still not over a million, and that's with you know, I mean, this was a year where you know we had. A, a pretty high-profile game in Star Fox. Even, sure, I mean, it doesn't matter what you thought about it. it; it was it was something that people were excited for. So, mm-hmm. right. um, yeah. Another thing that I noticed too, and, and sh- shifting gears from that, Jesse, since you talked about Super Mario Run, is they did sell 6 million, 6.5 million amiibo um, in just the first three third quarters of the fiscal year. Wow. So maybe they're not hurting as much as you think they are, Justin.
0: Yeah, you know, it could be, you know, maybe, maybe, well, maybe they're not, maybe you're right that the the Amiibo situation isn't as dire, but I just think the hype for an Amiibo has definitely changed. Oh, definitely. Um,
2: Much easier to get now.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I think the other thing for it was, uh, what, they made like 12 Nintendo Classics um, and sold out of them all. So that was the big thing. That's (laughs) right. Yeah. I guess my biggest thing, go ahead. Marty?
2: Uh, the, the the official number on that was one point five million units of the of the NES Classic sold. Yeah.
0: Which when you and, and here's the thing, I mean, you know, just as we transition uh, off of uh, off of this, I mean the last things I would want to say about the Wii U is kind of the following.
2: I will, remember you. <laughs> will you remember me? Oh my gosh.
0: We're not getting copyright claimed, we are now. <laughs> um sarah mclaughlin wants all her
2: money um why is it that, is it that when you saw that I, I saw like the wii u as a sad little puppy in a cage <laughs> you two can sponsor this, this, <laughs> sad
3: this video game system <laughs> see and it's funny because the dog thing would absolutely work for the switch because of the yeah, puppy dog I,
1: I, <laughs> I was gonna say was the puppy red and blue
3: yeah, yeah
0: exactly <laughs> Which is interesting, like 1.5 million for the NES Classic. I mean, first and foremost, complete miss. Like, what the heck, Nintendo? Come on. And at least they are saying, like, yeah, we underestimated that one. But I think when you see something like 1.5, and you hear that Kimishima's original goal was 2 million Switches out in the, out in the wild, essentially, right? You can kind of see where where this fevered pace has been to make sure that we have switches. And if I recall correctly, basically sold out. Like you can't you can't pre-order a switch right now if I remember correctly. And Kimishima has asked for more productions now to go in to get get the, their stock chain re, reinvigorated. So I, it sounds it feels like they're being a little bit cautious here. But I guess I'd rather than be cautiously optimistic than um than than crazy on this one. Uh, yeah. Roger, are you concerned at all about about quantity or accessibility of the Switch?
3: I mean, from a selfish perspective, no, because I'm getting a Switch sent to me. So I'm not really too worried about (laughs) that. But um, I I mean, no, I'm not really, because I feel like this is genuine demand. Like, I think they're actually actively trying to bring out as many Switches as possible right now. And uh, I don't think this is, like, manufactured demand. Like, that was sort of what happened with the NES Classic, is I think they realized that a lot of people would want it, and they just didn't make enough. Whereas this, I think they are trying to make as much as they possibly can and it's still going to end up selling out. So, yeah, I actually think it's a pretty good narrative moving into the opening of the system. I think it's it harkens back to the days of the Wii era as opposed to the days of the Wii U era where you could walk in the next day and pick up a Wii U in stores. So,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and, and Nintendo, um, <clears throat> I mean, we, we, we talked about before, is fantastic at creating artificial scarcity, right, for their products. And they always have been since the 80s. Right. There's no shocker on that one. Um, but when it's artificial scarcity, potentially, and the system is a smash hit, um, it's very interesting to see where that lands. I think the Wii is a great example. I really don't think Nintendo thought the Wii was going to be as big of a hit as it was, yeah, right? Exactly. And when you look at it in, in, in its life cycle of everything from the NES to now the Wii U, uh, let's be honest, the Wii is the outlier, right? Like, like Nintendo will never recapture the glory days of the Wii, unfortunately. That's, that's outlier data. Right, that's not that's not the norm. That is completely unexpected. We need to understand. Nintendo has to be hopefully understand of of what is appropriate levels of sales, right? So does that is that something like a forty? Is that a forty million number? Currently, we're sitting at fourteen million for the Wii U. So are we just like wow, fifteen million? Yeah, we're better than the Wii U, so we're all right. Like See, what That's that look funny. Like, for like
3: I I think at least we're going to double. We Wii- this is going to be my bold prediction. I think within the first two years of the Switch. I think we're going to hit 24 million on the Switch
0: first two then, years.
3: First two years, I think we're going to get 12 million per year. Yeah.
0: What's your What's your life cycle for then? Presume let's Let's do this, Roger. Let's presume it's a four year life cycle. Is that reasonable to think?
3: Yeah. Well, actually, no. I would argue that it's going to be a longer life cycle than the Wii U, uh, which was about a four year life cycle. I mean, okay. you could argue that it was like three. Probably, I would hope. Some of
1: a, the I would hope for at least six.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be based on what Kimishima was talking about in his uh, in his statement earlier today it sounds like they're just going to iterate on the Switch. Yeah. It seems like that's a smart way to go about it, too, is I feel the Switch this holiday will come out. Maybe they'll package in, like, 1-2 Switch as a holiday thing, and then next year it'll still be the same package. But moving into maybe, like, 2019... I could see them releasing like a 4K dock separately,
0: Mm. and they might
3: have a new bundle, which would maybe be the same price as the Switch as it is now, that includes that 4K dock. But I think because they're selling the dock separately, that opens up the doors for them just basically saying, hey, here's this thing that's going to make your system more powerful and look better on the screen. And so they'll release the 4K dock separately. VR too, Kimishima Mm -hmm. mentioned they're experimenting with VR. I think the Joy-Cons are perfect controllers for VR. And I ultimately think that maybe not soon, but within the next like three, four years, they'll probably have a VR headset for the Switch. Yeah, you
0: slide that screen right in.
3: Yeah, that'll give the system another two, three years at least. And then on top of that, I'm betting there'll also probably be a version of it that'll be marketed towards kids once the 3DS eventually dies out. Mm -hmm. Maybe like a Switch Mini or something, which will just be the Joy-Cons and the screen and no dock and they'll release mm-hmm. it for like 150 whatever in a couple years and it'll be a, maybe a little more plasticky a little harder you know for children so it can't break as easily and uh yeah i just see them iterating on the switch over and over and over again and
1: that will be about that, the time that pokemon gen 8 comes out
3: exa- and that's the thing too is yeah this will be the first console generation to have a full on real generation of Pokemon games, presumably, right. based on everything that the Pokemon company has said. Um, so yeah, I think this thing is going to do gangbusters.
0: So you're really seeing almost almost a PC-esque approach to, and a little bit of actually what Scorpio... Um, and uh, Sony's moving into, right? This more just just here's a little bit of a hardware bump, right? So so you're basically saying that Nintendo's gonna base uh, unpackage and uncompartmentalized pieces. So,
3: yeah, because I, I think with the Scorpio, I think this is the thing that Nintendo's doing that's smart compared to the Scorpio and the Pro. And this is speaking as somebody who loves my PS4 and was debating getting a PS4 Pro. The reason I did not get a PS4 Pro is because it's an entirely new system. If it was something that I just needed to like plug into my USB port for my PS4 and it was an additional hundred bucks and it did all the extra things the PS4 Pro did, I'd be much more inclined to actually buy that. But it's right. not. It's a full-on new system. And I think Nintendo realizes that Like, there's only so many times you could do that. And yes, the hardcore will come. But um, unless it's like a fully iterated new thing, similar to like, the XL for the 3DS or the DSi for the DS, I think that's the way they're going to go about um, iterating on the Switch in the future. And, and so the lifecycle I see for this isn't necessarily like a PC lifestyle. I see a lifestyle very similar to that of the DS or the 3DS, where they release new versions of the same system and then still basically count towards the overall unit shipped for that system. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think first two years, 24 million, 25 million is actually reasonable and lifetime I'd say hell 50 million.
0: Yeah. I was, I was thinking, I was thinking for a lifetime cycle of, and I was thinking I was going to be like four to five. I was thinking around somewhere around 40 million, 40 to 45 mil. So I think that sounds pretty, pretty approachable as well. So I do like, I do agree with you, Roger. I do think they're going to do this, this unbundled approach. It yeah. feels like that's the way they're going, and I mean, and when and when you start, you know, we we we've talked about on our show before, and uh, just that repricing of everything separately, right? That that breaks down expensively, but if if you only every three years have to be like, hey, the latest screen comes out, it's 4K screen, and I can pay a hundred bucks for that, boom, right? Because my joy cons still slip in, my dock still works yeah. the same way. I think that's a great approach. Hopefully Nintendo will do that as well.
3: And and realistically, like you said, yeah, the outlier was the Wii. The Wii sold like yeah. 100 million units or something. It was absolutely crazy. And I don't think it's going to hit Wii numbers, like Kimishima no. said. I think he's just basically trying to put on a good face and be confident and be optimistic because he knows it's going to be a success. I think you mm-hmm. can already tell out of the gate, based on the way they're doing the commercials, based on the launch lineup, based on everything, this is a much better situation for them to be in than the situation they were in with the Wii U. And, yeah, yeah, I see this doing handheld numbers. I think it's going to easily match, like, 3DS. I think because it's going to be both the console and the handheld, and it's going to be that one system, I, I, I honestly, realistically cannot see this doing less than 50 million lifetime. I, th- I think that's bare minimum, and I think it could really only go up from there. But I will say I think the cutoff is, like, 100 million. I don't think it's yeah. going to do ween yeah,
1: th- yeah th- 3DS sure. did 65.3 million. Uh, so even, there you go, then. Yeah, even million. though the, the first nine months were rough yeah. before yeah. the price drop
0: and they really are they really are targeting it. and and I, and I actually speaking of I mean, roger you you had a perfect line there that i want to segue a little bit into this commercial right uh you talked about the kind of their marketing their advertising just today actually nintendo released two advertisements that they're gonna be playing at the super bowl which is actually the first time nintendo has ever uh provided ads specifically for the super bowl showing off the Switch and the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Not a huge shocker there. Uh, you can check out both these clips on our Facebook and Twitter page as well or go over to the YouTube channel. Um, but they're definitely, they're, you know, and we've even seen a uh, adjustment in their sloganing and their branding, actually, for for the Switch. Um, I'm going to pull this up, guys. I saw this today. I thought this was, was quite brilliant. Um, the, the slogan for the Switch now is Anytime, Anywhere, With Anyone. What do you guys yeah. think of that? Anytime, anywhere with anyone.
3: I think it's a good slogan.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I and I think what I think when you talked about before, Roger, that, that idea of the being so much more portable, right? I think that I mean that's really what they're selling here. They're, they're selling a portable device, right? And all of their commercials, all their advertisement creates that communal portable experience. Now, am I going to go to the gym and then like pop out my my uh, controller and my gamepad be like, "Yo, guy who just bench pressed, let's play some snipper clips." No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'll get i get I'll get beat. Um, or beat up, beat up, right? So it definitely feels like they're they're making that transition. What are you guys like, Roger? As as we're getting close to the the launch, how do you think Nintendo's faring in relation to that that marketing positioning uh, with with who they're trying to target?
3: Uh, I think the extended cuts of that Super Bowl commercial where you see families and you yep. also see older people is, I think, ultimately what Nintendo wants. They want this to be both the kid system and the family system and the system for hardcore players. But, if you look at the actual cut of the commercial that's being played during the Super Bowl, it's a grown man playing the system. There's not yeah. a child to be found in that commercial. Listen, you and, damn
0: millennials, get out of my Nintendo Switch commercials, alright? <laughs> you and your you damn, damn ideas, back. get out of here.
3: Even if you go back to... Um, the, the original presentation for the Switch. Remember sure. that like original three-second trailer? I mean, the three-minute trailer, I should say. <laughs> there were no children in that at all. It was all grown adults. And I think that is something they really want to push with the system, is that they do want to get that adult audience back, because they realize, yeah, just like you mentioned, you said those millennials, get those millennials out. These, those millennials are the ones with discretionary income now who can you know put down the money for a system, and they see a game like Mario Odyssey that looks like a true successor to the Mario game they played on N64, and they see Breath of the Wild, which looks like the next step, the open world Zelda game that they've wanted since Ocarina of Time. And then, you know, come E3 time with Pokemon Stars, that heavily rumored Pokemon game. Oh, that's the Pokemon game I've always wanted on consoles. They're doing a really good job of speaking to that demographic. While at the same time not alienating the people with the Wii U because, hey, look, that one game you all really liked on Wii U, Splatoon, we have a sequel for it just for you guys on the system. And they have kids in the extended cut playing with their families with things like yeah. ARMS and 1-2-Switch and, and Mario Kart. So, yeah, overall, I think they're taking a really good approach with the marketing with this system. And I also think the music choices have been – you guys can't mm-hmm. see my, my video, but – I just did one of those uh, Italian little, <laughs> like when you eat good spaghetti. It's like it's the kind of little, little motion I, I made it. right now. Cause uh, yeah, music choices just been really been top notch.
0: Yeah, I thought, and just for those of the referencing, the top of the show, we did Imagine Dragons. I believe that's Believer. Believer is the title of that track there. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. It was really upbeat. This is obviously not the first collaboration Nintendo's had with Imagine Dragons and Dragons either. They did a bit at the uh, Game Awards in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the music, like they've just been doing. They've been packaging really well, and I, and, Mar- and and I guess Roger, as, as I was coming out of that first uh, video in October, I was very concerned because we never saw children essentially. Yeah. Right. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What the hell is happening here? Get your IKEA and get off my rooftop, you dirty millennials.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> And that and that may actually be now the show titled "Dirty Millennials." Um, and then and then we go to the presentation. <laughs> Excuse me. We do see more more kids, and then actually on the website they have a whole section devoted to families. So I guess here's a question: Are they are they doing a the right proper proper marketing and managing, or are they kind of like trying to appease two groups and not really appeasing either one at the same time? Marty, what are your thoughts on kind of where Nintendo's landing at this?
2: I think the marketing is, is fantastic. I, I do think it's interesting that the cut of the, the Super Bowl trailer doesn't show any children, like you said, but I uh, think about who, um, most who they're, who they're going to try to hit most with that commercial.
0: Sure. Who's the same be- people that are enjoying the GoDaddy commercials and, uh, and some right. weird <laughs> uh, inappropriate right. Budweiser and Carl's junior commercials. Right.
2: So it's, <laughs> it's cut a little more. I, I, I just got to say that like in watching those two commercials right before we came on the air, you know, tonight to record, uh, I, I was struck by how much better a job that 90 second commercial did at selling people on the switch than the entire reveal presentation.
1: Mm.
0: It's a good, good, and, sc- good
2: I mean, like I, I, if I was watching that for the first time, I'm watching that and I'm going, every game looks fun. ARMS looks fun. 1-2-Switch looks like a blast. Mario Kart looks like fun. Splatoon looks like fun. And I think that that's like the big picture that you're seeing there is it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these people look like they're having an absolute blast playing this. And, and I just want to say about the music, too. Like, if you listen to the words of that song, uh, I mean, they couldn't have picked anything better. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to make you a believer. You know what is Nintendo trying to do to people right now? They're trying to bring them back, and we're going with the Switch. We're going to make you a believer. Uh, so, to to me as a dad, here's here's the thing about marketing with a system like this. My kids are already going to play it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh
2: yeah! It doesn't yeah. matter if it, it doesn't matter if kids are in the commercials. They're going to play it. They're going to they're going to have fun with it. We're all going to play it together as a family. I don't need to know how they, how to, how it looks being used as a family because we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, so yeah. Of they My, don't have I, they
1: don't have to market to us. They've already sold us. Yeah, they, yeah It's I'm everyone else.
2: Yeah.
1: Go out there and market to those
2: dirty millennials. As you call them, (laughs) go get the people that are on the fence about this. Go make go make it look good to them.
1: Then, of course, what you said you said you know that ninety second spot did more to sell me than the whole hour three weeks ago. Of course, that's the marketing team targeting the specific audiences. Right, that Super Bowl commercial is primarily for North America. I'm sure it'll it'll get worldwide viewing. But it's that's mainly targeted for us. Where, of course, three weeks ago was primarily Japan, and we just got the uh, the uh, just the the, tri- the sloppily translated seconds of, from there. right.
0: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's continue on some more Switch news. I'll just take a quick pause here. Mario Run got an event update. If you're playing that, good on you. Keep doing that. Uh, let's move over to some uh, some more Switch information. Details shook out today about both voice chat and a little bit of Switch
2: Online. Marty, can you uh, can you deep dive us here on this uh, on the voice chat functionality that we heard? Sure. Well, Nintendo, you know, had their their financial results, and that was one meeting, and then they had a follow up meeting the next morning uh, in Japan, in which uh, Kimishima let some uh, other details slide, and and one of those was uh, part of the the online service, which actually ended up being very close to what one of our very own uh nintendo dads predicted jesse
1: i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> is that not you yeah it was me yeah
2: so but let's I mean, not
1: give him credit moving on
2: <laughs> yeah yeah moving on so uh Kimishima told um th- spoke about this today in japan that the Uh, Online service is going to be around two to three thousand yen a year, which works out to anywhere between seventeen fifty and twenty six fifty USD yearly. So, and then we go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And then we
0: and then we saw the entire internet go. Oh, that's not too bad at all. That sounds great. I love it. I love online function. Yeah, let's do that. I'll pay that. After they all blew a conniption. For the last three weeks, when no one told him how much it was and what it was going to be. Now, uh, although we know the yeah. price, we still don't really have the details about it,
2: though. No, and um, there, there was something that uh, he also said, as far as you know, voice chat and talking about Splatoon. That uh, voice chat will definitely be part of the game, uh, not like the first one. That it, and, and basically what he said was, uh, it's something that the kids these days like. <laughs> Basically. You know, uh, <laughs> and, dirty, uh dirty millennials. So he says it. This is what it I says. don't like
3: that. I don't like that phrase, guys. Don't don't <laughs> name this episode dirty millennials. I don't like that. So,
0: do you feel like a dirty millennial,
3: Roger? I do. I do feel like a dirty millennial. You're not a
0: dirty millennial. You're not a dirty millennial. You're, a, dirty millennial. You're a millennial. There's right. a difference there, son.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's usually just some shampoo and some soap. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the the trans translated from what Kimishima said, he says, the game and the app work together by letting you invite friends via social media then start up a game and voice chat with your buddies. The voice chat also works with the game. For example, prior to the teams of a private match or set, players will get to talk to each other, but once the teams are decided, you'll only get to speak to your teammates. However, you won't get to talk to strangers in the same way. Interestingly enough, to me, I think this lends a little bit of credence to the fact that you're not going to voice chat through that app.
0: Really? Why do you say that?
2: Well, I mean, just and it may be just a translation thing, but the wording of it. It says you 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 connect via social media, then start up a game and voice chat with your buddies. The voice chat also works with the game.
1: Mm.
0: Interesting.
2: And so... You know, maybe the again, and we're grasping at straws here because they're not detailing this. That the app lets you post it on, say, Twitter or Facebook. You know, click this link to join me on Nintendo Switch, and then somehow it talks to your phone to get you connected, and then you continue on with the game, right? I why that wouldn't all be bundled into to the switch yeah. in first place i don't know but i guess it would be because you can't you know if i'm sitting at home and my switch isn't on and you get online and you post a tweet about you know nintendo switch splatoon 2 join justin masson in this game and i see that and i'll go oh okay well let me grab my switch and i'll click the link and it they talk together and then all of a sudden you and i are playing a game
0: yeah I, that would I, be great
2: I don't know. I think the bigger story here though really is that they're they're actually putting voice chat in the game and it's going to be you know it if it works will be fantastic. That's it's going to be a big a big boon to point right.
0: team. Now they're they're putting voice chat, and here's the thing, I do want to like extract some things here, they are putting voice chat in, which is great, right, like yay for that, but they are putting what I would call the Nintendo parameters around that, right, so when you're in the lobby, you can all chat together, but the moment you're divided out to your teams, you're only speaking to your team, I guess that's fine, but I'd also like to like talk a little bit of smack when I like, you know, shoot Bobby Pauls, right, whatever, like, if he's on another team, I want to like, you know, give him a little bit of a ribbing for that. Um. And the other well, thing, part of that is
1: well, in is a tactical have, game. You want to be friend. able to talk to your team, but it's games like Mario Kart where there is no team. It's yeah. normally they yeah, but well, you know, and, most and of them... consider
2: the fact that this is this is game specific. The, the yeah. way they've detailed this is just for split Mario Kart could be different.
3: Could be different. Yeah, man. I do think though that's to transition into like something else too that I really want to talk about is I do think all of this will be announced at some point very soon. I think within the next couple of weeks, Nintendo already said that we're going to find out more information about the online infrastructure and eShop and Virtual Console before the launch of the system. We only got 30 days left. And so I'm thinking like middle of the month, February 15th, is when all of this stuff will actually be revealed. So I don't think we're going to have to wait too long. Um, but yeah, on the topic of like the Splatoon lobbies and the, the voice chat through the app, I mean, I think it actually is pretty cool. I think like the way that's set up where you're in a lobby before the game starts and you could talk to everybody who's in the game, but then once the, act, the game actually begins, you can only hear the people on your team. That's really interesting and that's neat that it automatically sort of siphons that, that out and I'm excited to play more games like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting to see what happens when you do like – a like if you go back to the lobby and kind of like reshuffle, so to say, it just kind of like resorts. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it's resorting the audio profiles based on the team, so that's pretty cool as well. But again, in and the, and the details, I would say there as well is that you have to be friends with these individuals, right? You cannot do complete strangers. They have to be approved on your friend list as well. That was some information. Again, not shocking from Nintendo, and especially in their parental guidance way. But I'm definitely interested to see how that shakes out. Roger, while we're on the online functionality, we've talked yeah. a little bit about the chat. What do you? What do you, I mean? Basically, thirty bucks a year. Let's say that, all right, or twenty-five bucks. How you feeling about that? $2, $3 a month?
3: I mean that's awesome. I'm used to paying 50 or 60 a year for PS Plus, so I <laughs> am I'm, yeah, I'm totally fine with 30 a year. That's great. Um did they officially confirm what the exact price is for North America or was it just an estimate? It
0: was a it was a yen and then they converted it.
1: It was just okay. an estimate. And know uh, at least with PlayStation 4 and I'm presuming with Xbox Live that you really only need like one account to have to have the service and if it's the primary other accounts on the box kind of gets it for free. But yeah. Here, you know, it, it while well, yeah, you can have up to eight accounts. We don't know how the how that'll share, but one system will primarily be, be used by one person, I would think. So I'm like, certain
3: though. I am certain for families, they're going to have it where you could set up separate accounts on the actual system and then the pri- the parents could set it up and like pay for the online. I I, I cannot imagine they're going to separate it where like each person on the system with different accounts will have to pay yeah. for the online. Well, that's,
1: that's why I, I am hoping that they have similar sharing, you know, on the same yeah. system, but I know like, but, you know, again, my son and I are both getting our own systems. So, so you yeah, know, I don't imagine just me getting it will allow him to use it. He's going to have yeah. to get his own. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right about that.
3: I, yeah. I mean, personally, I think, Thirty bucks is fine. I, I know mm. the the exact the estimate that was given by Cirque and Toto was seventeen fifty to twenty six fifty, but I do think that's going to round up. And um, really, I, I think with the online functionality, with the other features, we're going to find out about like that lobby and the voice chat and all that. Plus, we're getting those free uh, NES and Super NES games. I see a lot of people complaining about that, going, "Well, we get you know full games on PS Plus. A lot of the time, the games that are given to us as PS Plus members." Aren't really the best games. No, they're like they're sort of like second rate kind of games that like they couldn't really sell off the bargain shelves. Yeah, there's a reason them. why
1: they were getting them for free.
3: Right. There've been some exceptions, like we got Journey a couple months ago, and that was great. Um, and then I think this month we get Little Big Planet three, which is pretty good too. But on the whole, they're not usually all that good. Whereas here, it sounds like they're going to be releasing classic NES and Super Nintendo games, but these games now have added online play, and I think people really are underestimating how big that is. Because imagine one month they go, okay, we're going to re-release as the special game for the month, Super Mario Kart, the Super Nintendo version of Mario Kart. But now it has online play. The idea of playing the original Super Nintendo Mario Kart online is huge. And I think there's a lot of people who are really going to love to have that type of functionality. And even for something else that's maybe like a basic NES game, a game I'm thinking of right off the bat that I think would be amazing on the Switch Virtual Console as one of these specialty games would be Ice Hockey. I think Mm. having the old NES Ice Hockey where you could just break off the two Joy-Cons and play with each other tabletop mode – Original ice hockey and have online leaderboards and online play where you could go and actually compete against each other. I mean, that's amazing. That's like that's really, really great, and that's something I think there's a lot of potential for in the future.
0: Blades of steel.
1: Blades of steel. <laughs> Double dribble. Yeah, yeah. Oh it's yeah. It's a, aren't those all Konami games?
0: Doesn't matter. Don't don't <laughs> you don't you ruin this for us, Jesse?
3: <laughs> hey, ice hockey though. To be fair, ice hockey is a Nintendo game, first party. And was one of the weird exclusions on the NES Classic, considering the fact that Ice Hockey has been at launch for every virtual console so far. It was Mm. on 3DS, Wii U, and on Wii. So I do think that it will be there pretty early on, and I am confident that it's going to have added online play. I'm making that prediction right now. Nintendo Dad's exclusive Rogers-based prediction. There you go. I I love it. I think that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this really shakes out and, and what these games are, are going to be. I think you're right. Like Mario Kart Online, man, that would be that'd be sick. Old school Mario Kart. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how it shakes out. But you are right, you know, uh, Roger. We do need more details, and I think uh, February 15th sounds probably about right. They have been leaking out information very piecemeal, but they need more of a concise uh, messaging as well.
3: I'm seeing some people in the chat, by the way, saying uh, Tecmo Bowl Online would be amazing. Double nice. Dragon 2 online play. Like, mm-hmm. see, the ideas are just rolling out already. I think the Virtual Console this time around has the potential to really be great if they do end up adding some online features to these games. And I think they're going to have to, because this is something that not a lot of people are talking about, and I don't want to bring this up, but I think it's important when we're talking about it, is uh, I don't think there's going to be any way to transfer your purchases from Wii U or Wii or <coughs> 3DS to The virtual console on the switch and i think they need if if you have to buy those games again they need to do something to those games to incentivize people to actually put down the five dollars to buy those games again and i think online play is the thing they're going to need and moving forward it sounds like through the nintendo accounts we are actually going to be able to have everything unified in one account but um yeah I, i don't think there is going to be any sort of uh transfer service for people which is why i haven't picked up any of the n64 games they've been releasing on wii u virtual console recently they've had a lot of them and i am just like not falling for it because i know i won't be able to transfer them
0: yeah do you do you think do you think there's i mean you know not being able to transfer do you think we're gonna be able to do the upgrade
3: uh you mean where you pay like a dollar yeah yeah. i don't think it's gonna no
0: no you're killing me i think
3: no i'm not i think That's something that I know people don't want to talk about, and it's an unpopular opinion, but I truly believe we're not getting that. I think the quote-unquote ambassador program is going to be that like the first six months of the Switch, online play is going to be free. And all of the games that you get each month are also going to be free, and that you'll be able to keep them forever. And I think that's going to be the – because if you look on even the most recent trailer that was put up today for the Super Bowl, there's a little thing on the bottom that says paid online play begins in fall. Now, they're obviously not going to not have online play for stuff like Bomberman or whatever at launch. You're going to need to have the online play. It'll just be free for the first six months or whatever. And then the games that are tied to the subscription service and the online services, even if they are free for six months, I think you're going to have the option to download those games for free forever um, if you are one of the early adopters of the system.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Santiago 316 pulls out F0 for the SNES online.
3: Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> and then he
0: actually puts in brackets, drools continuously.
1: Uh, exactly leader ports doing.
0: for Super Metroid and A Link to the Past. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, yeah, cool. Very cool stuff. So, Roger, speaking of Switch, I think it's sure. a good opportunity to talk about your experience with the Nintendo Minute and talk about your hands-on with the Switch. So, I know we talked a little bit of pre-show beforehand, but do you want, us wa- do you know, do you want to kind of, like, walk us through what happened and, uh, and then we're gonna just maybe just talk about the switch and your impressions of it. That's all right.
3: Sure. So um, I was contacted about a month ago by Nintendo that they wanted to have me on Nintendo Minute for a Yoshi and Poochie special event that they were holding at YouTube Space. And so they were, they sent me this whole like NDA list of things that we could and couldn't talk about about Yoshi, and they they really like they hit it really well. And uh, I ended up showing up to YouTube Space, and that day it was Inauguration Day in the United States. And YouTube Space had every single studio filled. So Mm. one of the studios was filled with Fox News people (laughs) who were reporting on the inauguration. Another studio was filled with beauty YouTubers who were having, like, a creator day. And then there was one little room on the, like, inside hallway of YouTube Space that was sort of, like, cordoned off, and that was for Nintendo. But there was, like, black tape all over the windows and everything was like super confidential and weird and i contacted kate who is my Golan hairs representative and i said hey i'm here like i'm ready for the yoshi event where's the yoshi event and she's like oh yeah we're going to pull you in in just a little bit we're just recording with the previous person first and so that was the first like clue i had that this wasn't what i expected i thought it was going to be a demo event with lots of youtubers where we're all playing yoshi and it was just going to be recorded for nintendo minute so then i'm like okay I, it's just me like it's going to be just me on this Nintendo Minute and one other person and then JD walked out who uh, you guys could see also in the video was a friend of mine and uh, he kept up the facade. He's like yeah Yoshi was awesome. He's talking about Yoshi and Poochie and I'm like okay this will be really cool. They pull me into the room. They have me record this little vlog and then as you guys saw in the video they tricked me and they were like hey we're not playing Yoshi today. We are going to be giving you an exclusive look at the Nintendo Switch, and I pretty much lost my mind.
0: (laughs) I think it would have been better if you were like, no, Yoshi, I'm out.
3: Yeah, (laughs) like, oh, man. Well, to be fair, hey, shout-outs to the people over at Nintendo. Literally the next week, a copy of Poochie and Yoshi Willy World arrived at my front door, so they still gave me Yoshi and Poochie. I still got to play it. (laughs) Good, good, good. Excellent.
1: uh, I kind of feel bad for the other people in that Nintendo Minute video that were so looking forward to playing Yoshi that they wore yoshi shirts one person brought a four foot tall plushie yeah
3: for yoshi yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's commitment that, that is, is commitment.
3: commitment yeah but uh, so, i gotta be honest i'm i'm happy that <laughs> the switch was what was there
0: <laughs> should have been like so there's, so there's still really no yoshi right okay well i'm going home
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> So let's let's talk <clears throat> excuse me, I lose my voice. So excited for you and lose my voice. Let's talk about your experience with the Switch. Obviously, you got hands on with it. You played it. You played some Breath of the Wild. Yep. You played one two Switch. Anything else you played that I missed there,
3: Roger? No, those were the two main games they okay. showed us. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so let's let's talk about it. What are some just general impressions, hands on uh, thoughts uh, that you can talk about?
3: Well, I, I could talk about Zelda for literally an hour. I think sure. Zelda's going to be one of the best Zelda games of all time. And so because of that, I, I sort of want to move the discussion away from Zelda for a sec. Sure. And I want to highlight one you Switch, because that game genuinely impressed me. Uh, when I saw that that game in the trailer during the Nintendo Switch presentation like two weeks ago, I didn't even like upload my live reaction, because it was like nothing. I'm like, oh, this is a minigame compilation, whatever, this isn't anything I'm interested in, I'm not going to get this. But... The HD Rumble has sold me, and I really, think, yes, absolutely. And I think certain games in the package are better than others. For example, I'm not a huge fan of like the dance pose one. It ju- it just seemed like whatever. Like that seemed like a kind of throwaway game. Um, but like the milking one was a lot of fun, and in particular the samurai sword one, where you're catching the samurai sword, and you right. feel like the rumble of the controller. The table tennis game is incredible, really, really good, because there's, like, strategy for how you lob the ball and power shots, and it's great. And the ball count game, which was uh, was shown off in the video, where you're, like, holding the Joy-Con to your head or, like, rolling it around in your hands, and you're trying to feel how many balls are inside of the controller, and then you sort of guess how many are actually in there, and then it tells you if you were right or not. That game is scarily accurate, and me and Kit really? were really back and forth playing it. Yeah, I, I don't know what the nintendo magic is behind it (laughs) like where they could actually adjust the weight of the the controller and you're like feeling the actual balls roll around in there but uh it works it absolutely works and yeah i'm a believer now
0: hmm interesting so let's talk about the joy let's let's talk about one two switch we're saying here so much of it is joy con related obviously right um does the tablet, I mean, because you've got the tablet standing there, right? The screen yeah. or the table mode. Are you getting any audio out of that? Is that telling you yeah, what to fire? So-
3: Okay. Yeah, yeah, so the tablet actually has audio running out of it. You just slide the little volume slider. And they even did that in – I know it wasn't in the Nintendo Minute because they very quickly spliced together footage. But I had like a half-hour-long vlog of my experience with lots of footage of both those games that I uploaded to my channel. And uh, at one point, yeah, Krista brings up the volume on the controller. So you're okay. actually hearing the audio coming out of the, the tablet. That you're just setting down in tabletop mode and then you're playing with the joy con separately so it almost acts as like a little mini monitor it's it's pretty cool
0: because so much so your your feedback that you're receiving to do your action because i've seen so much on the screen it's like you know look them in the eyes right you're watching those small micro uh motions to occur when you're being told to do something is it is it the is the feedback you're getting off the joy con or is it the actual uh commentary from the tablet both, it's both. Both, okay,
3: okay. Yeah, okay. so like, um, for the quick draw game, for example, where you're you're shooting at each other, the wild gunman type game, um, for the quick draw game, he says, look at each other in the eye, and then he's like, one, two, fire, and then you you both immediately have to be like, oh, okay, okay, and you're scrambling, and then the person who gets shot, you feel like a, like a like a rumble in your controller. Oh, really? And it's yeah, and it's brief, and you feel it. And you could you know you always have to guess like is it the reverb off of my shot or is it like someone shot me? Um, yeah. And I didn't pay a lot of attention to it, but I do know that I think there is a little extra feedback if you're the one who was actually shot. And then it tells you on the little mini screen when you look at it, it's like, oh, you're the one who was uh, who was taken down. yeah,
0: that's that's awesome. That's great.
2: Jesse Marty questions about one two switch or did they let you play any any games that we've not seen yet?
3: No, the ones that they uh, the ones they let me play are the six that were in the video. So it was the ball count, quick draw, dance pose, table tennis, the samurai sword one, and um, I feel like there was another one. Milk. Oh, milking. Yeah, of course. Yeah, milking. What
2: was your favorite? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Milk was a lot of fun. I gotta say that was actually a lot of fun. I was hesitant.
0: Despite to... the awkwardness of it.
3: Oh, it's so awkward. I mean, you're. I'm looking kit. Straight in the eye, friend of mine, friend of the show, Kit Ellis. I'm looking him straight in the eye, you know, milking the controller in a in a lewd fashion, and I'm looking another guy straight in the eye doing it. It is uh, it's it's very awkward. It was a little bit uncomfortable, but I gotta say it was a load of fun, and I could see this really being a lot of fun at parties. I I know my go-to party game for the past like eight years has been uh, the WiiWare title Muscle March on the Wii. It's just this (laughs) weird, quirky game where you're all these buffed-up dudes and you're running through walls and you have to pose with your Wii remote, and I could easily see Milk becoming my go-to weird, awkward party game now.
1: Nice. VGM Studios in the chat says, Mario Party 11 prediction. You will roll a dice in a cup, the cup being the Joy-Con, and you will feel each the dice hit your hand due to the HD rumble as you roll the dice like Yahtzee.
3: Oh, that's absolutely going to happen. Yeah. That's awesome. That ball count game... That really did blow my mind. Like, there wasn't really a lot of footage that they used in the Nintendo minute of it. I think of anybody playing the ball count game, but that's the one for me yeah. that, like, really sold me on it. So because
1: that's a game that you, you can't just watch someone else play it. You have to play you have that to yourself. Experience it
3: for yourself. Yeah. Last time I think there was ever something like that, um, that Nintendo came out with, where, like, you really do need to experience it for yourself, for me personally, was the 3DS. Oh, they was the, the same 3DS. thing. Yeah, and they were like, you, you can't even like properly show it. You just got to see it for yourself to try it out. And I get the same impression from a lot of those little mini games in 1-2-Switch. And I do think that's going to be a game that a lot of people are sort of going to sleep on at launch because they're playing Breath of the Wild. But I think as the years go on, people are going to be like, wow, that 1-2-Switch game is really a lot of fun. And I can easily see them packing that in with like a holiday bundle later on in the
0: year. Right. So, obviously, being a family family-centered show, Nintendo Dads, Roger, uh, oh, yeah. definitely recommended for the family.
3: Oh, absolutely! I mean, this yeah. is. If I had kids, I'd be playing all of those games with them. Absolutely, um, the one in particular I think it's going to be a lot of fun is is the samurai sword catching one. We really have to watch the other person and see the subtle movements in their hands when they slam down the Joy-Con and the little like tricks where you're like you know you're trying to throw them off by saying something and then you slam the sword down. I could easily see some great like father son father daughter moments where like the kid is holding up the sword and you're about to catch it and then they they throw you off guard and they slam the sword on your head. And it's like oh I beat you dad. You know? Nice. So yeah, I think it's. I think it's a perfect family game. The table tennis one, again, is another one I really recommend. Um, that was a lot of fun because the ZL, the trigger buttons on the Joy-Cons, you hold down the trigger buttons to do, um, like, special shots. So mm. you just if you just wave the Joy-Con, that hits as, like, a regular table tennis. Or if you hold down one of the triggers, you could lob your shot. So, like, you hear a sound coming off the monitor going, whoop. So you're not looking at the monitor, you're looking at the other person. And that sound is your cue to know that's a lob shot. I have to time my my hit a little bit different. Yeah. And then if you hear a boom, like a really quick boom, it's a power shot that you could adjust. And then that's like half the speed, I mean double the speed of a normal um, or normal tap off the table tennis. And so for that, you also have to adjust your rhythm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting and a lot of fun.
0: It's such a different gaming experience, which is why I'm kind of trying to just get my my brain wrapped around this right because we're so used to the stationary sitting in front of the screen right and doing our actions whether it's bowling or playing playing uh, any game right but to literally kind of have the screen in your peripheral vision right while you're looking at someone else watching them that's really fundamentally changing how we approach a gaming environment i think it's very interesting to see how they're doing this
3: yeah, it was. Re- and one thing for me that really stuck out too, um, and it specifically it was during that ball count game, is I was just thinking, like, wow, if I'm feeling this, like, this moved by this ball count game, like, imagine three years down the line when people really learn how to use this technology, like, what this is going to be like. And then even compounding on that, say, for example, you know, Nintendo a couple years from now says, okay, now we're ready for the VR headset for the Switch. Like, the experiences with HD Rumble Joy-Cons and the VR is going to be insane. I cannot even wrap my head around what they're going to be able to do with that technology. And so that's really exciting from um, a future-proofing perspective because I think that Nintendo really, uh, with this HD Rumble, is is onto something very cool that I think they sort of missed during the Wii U generation. They mm-hmm. didn't really have that like that special thing that you can't really explain, that X factor, and they've got it now.
0: Right, let's 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 sit in the pocket there and talk a little bit about the Joy Cons. Uh, we actually had a question that came in. Actually, we we used the hashtag Ask Rogers Base, um, and the question first they came in. They said, uh, and this is from uh, manito uh, 418. First says, uh, "Hi, big fan. I presume he's talking to us, not you. Of um, <laughs> how did it feel playing with the Joy Con?" Was the click satisfying and how would you rate it on a scale of one to 10? I'm going to assume one is low, 10 being high. Um, what are your thoughts on just the Joy-Con kind of devices? My impression, Roger, before you kind of is they, feel, they look very small. Like I don't, you know, I don't have like gigantic massive hands, but like they feel like they disappear very quickly.
3: So I'm 6'1 and I have really big hands. I have big hands, I swear. Nothing wrong with my hands. I promise. My hands are beautiful. And <laughs> mm-hmm. they felt great in my hands, I mean, they felt really, really nice. They didn't feel, the first time I picked them up, this is actually important because I didn't even have this in my vlog, um, this is just something that like happened when we were recording with Kit and Krista. The first time I picked up the Joy-Cons and I unclicked them from the the Switch and I put them into the Joy-Con grip, I had mentioned, wow, these feel really delicate because they're they're lighter than I expected. And Krista was like, no, they're not, trust me, they're not. And then as I started to play with them and I got used to holding them, I realized they're really not. These are sturdy little pieces of hardware that then once you get used to using them really do feel like they have all the technology built into them. They feel like they don't feel like cheap little like add-on things. They feel like actual controllers. Uh, despite the actual physical size of the controller being smaller than like a Wii remote, so.
0: Right. There there, there almost appears to be sometimes a, a bit of a, it, Maybe it's just the way I'm seeing it. A bit of a plasticky look to them.
3: Yeah, that that doesn't come off at all. In fact, that's uh, that's something I was worried about. When I saw it's weird the neon versions. When I saw the red and blue ones, I was like, "Ooh, these seem kind of like kiddish, uh, yeah. Fisher Price, if you will." And they were not that at all. I think these feel like technology. The okay. Wii U gamepad felt like a Fisher Price toy. Right. These feel like new technology. And I think that's okay. the best way that I could I could describe it. Okay.
0: Uh, Nancy asks, "Is the neon Joy Color Joy-Con really bright?"
3: So it actually sold me when I saw it in person. I, when I first saw that during the presentation, was like, yeah, I do not want that neon color at all. Give me the standard black and gray. Um, But they had the neon one when we recorded the Nintendo Minute. And I was like, "Ah, damn, I really (laughs) hope they send me the neon color. (laughs) (laughs) I think they really look nice in person. Yeah, they've got a, they're really bright, but they're not like um, overtly saturated. If, if that right. makes any sense. Like, it, it yeah. just has a nice, almost like kind of a glow feel. It's really mm-hmm. nice.
0: Okay. Uh, VGM Studios asked how the HD rumble feel. I think you've talked a little bit about that, but I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to that.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm just so blown away by it. I can't believe that, like, you can accurately count the amount of things rolling around in that controller. That's just, that's so weird. I don't even know, like, what the gameplay possibilities will be for that. But something I'm thinking of right away is, like, maybe you have the Joy-Cons and the Joy-Con grip, um, mm-hmm. And you're playing something like Splatoon 2. And you know when, you, when you're low on ink in Splatoon, it makes that little sound where it's like ink, 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 the little like click sound. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool if you actually could feel the controller getting lighter using the little oh, yeah. And then you could feel that the tank is empty. And that's how you know you need to refill your ink. That'd be a really cool thing. I hope they
0: And then it. when you fill it, you fill it, it kind of retransfers to like it's a sort weight of, almost. Yeah,
3: you feel it like rumbling up and filling up. Yeah.
0: Oh, that'd be awesome. No, that's 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 too <laughs> sick. Yeah, I hope uh, Yeah um manito asks uh manitino just asked did you uh enjoy picking up the question block and seeing the switch but i don't think you did correct or was it you 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 did with uh kit that's right
3: yeah so i did with kit and uh yeah people in the comments were like how could they not have seen the switch on the tv i gotta be honest like that thing was pushed up against the tv so we didn't see what it looked like like from the the side the video was shown it looks like you could see the switch off the reflection. You couldn't like it was like closed up against because the the uh, the block didn't have a backing to it. It was like you would just lift it up. So they had it like just up against the screen, and when we lifted it up, we saw the switch there. I ended up losing my mind. Um, and that block was really heavy. It was like, oh, really? heavier. Yeah, it, it looks was like a very
0: solid it. wood block.
3: Yeah. And, uh, and it was funny because you could even hear Kit in the video going, oh, my God, Roger left me hanging because as soon as I saw the switch, I dropped the block. I, like, freaked out. So Kit, very last minute, in order to not destroy the system, had to, like, muster his strength to pick up that thing by himself. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, it was funny. Uh,
0: another question that came through, kind of moving a little bit into more of your hands-on experience with it, um, Nancy asks again, uh, did you feel any heat on the handheld mode?
3: Any heat like, like, uh, I'm I'm
0: gonna guess, I'm gonna guess, you know, when you're playing, uh, like, uh, an iPhone for a while, begins to heat up sometimes, right?
3: Oh, oh, yeah, no, not at all, not at all. And I played a a solid half hour of Breath of the Wild on just handheld mode, so yeah, no, I didn't feel that at all.
0: Okay. Um, how heavy was the system? Did it feel heavy?
3: It felt, yeah, it felt sturdy. Um, I'd say it kind of feels the same weight of the gamepad, but Mm. redistributed. Um, Because it's like, it's not, it doesn't have the like weird ridge on the back. So it's, mu- it actually is much smaller than the gamepad, which is something that I've seen people do their comparison shots of it, where it's like, this is the next to the gamepad and it looks almost the same size. But you need to remember that the gamepad has that ridge on the back and it's sort of pushing up the controller. In reality, the Switch is, it doesn't to me feel much bigger than the gamepad. In fact, it feels like quite a bit smaller. I, I think, um, the gamepad still is bigger than the switch overall, but like the, the way I can't even really explain this correctly, but like the width of the system and the depth of the mm-hmm. system, because mm-hmm. it's so small and because it's, it almost feels like it's about the size of like an iPhone in terms of the width. It's just basically the the size of the gamepad in terms of the screen. Um, no, it felt very sturdy. It, it, it felt nice. It was, a, it was a good solid weight. It didn't feel like it was like a cheap, like small thing, like it was too light, but it also didn't feel like it was like so heavy that I wouldn't want to like carry it around on a plane or something like
1: yeah, that. I, I did answer this in the chat, but I'll say it uh, for the listeners as well. Um, the, the UK Nintendo site that uh, published the specs, the size, the weight and everything, um, can, puts the weight, including the, including Joy-Cons attached, it's a little bit heavier than a 3DS XL, but a little bit lighter than a gamepad. So that kind of, sounds exactly right. It's yeah. sitting there right in the middle, and there isn't a lot of room in that middle. They weigh they they, they pretty close.
0: But again, to your point is distribute it a little bit differently, eh, Roger?
3: Yeah, it feels like it's distributed differently, yeah. The gamepad always felt like a little bit top-heavy, yeah. um, and this does not have that feeling at all. It feels really, really nice. It feels like you're holding a tablet. That's what it feels nice. like. It feels like you're holding an iPad.
0: Nice. Marty, what questions do you got?
2: I can't really think of any that you guys haven't already covered. Um, okay. I'm just jealous. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Jesse, how just, are you? Go ahead, Marty. I've on my call-up to the to the big end for years. It's like, yeah. there. I mean, uh, hey,
3: uh, get the oh. Nintendo dads on the next one so Marty can play the Switch. Yeah, oh, I'll be right on, on it. I'll be right on it, Roger. Thanks, Kit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got some strings you can pull, right? They'll be like are Nintendo
1: you? dads who? I can uh, it. Yeah, Jesse. I, I, are you, are, I, I pretty much all the questions I had have already been asked by the by the the, the, the chat and Twitter. So I, I can't think of anything else right now. I'm just sure. looking forward to getting my hands on this thing.
0: Well, then I'm going to bend Roger's ears some more and ask him some more questions. So Please. Roger, as we, as we you know, I saw you playing in a handheld for for a while. Then you transitioned into using the Joy-Con uh, grip. Yeah. What what was that? Exp- that visually. Visually, that looks like a very clunky control. It's not.
3: Uh, oh, so the Joy-Con so talking grip about that is, experience. Yeah, the Joy-Con grip is really comfortable. Um, I had the option to play with the Pro Controller or the Joy-Con grip, and I picked up the Pro Controller a little bit later after we were done filming just to feel what it felt like, and that is a awesome controller. That feels like really comfortable in my hands, but the Joy-Con grip is also equally comfortable. Um, it, it does look a little clunky and awkward when you're actually seeing it, but when you're holding it, it doesn't at all. Um, I, I really liked playing with it. Like, I actually don't think I'm going to even bother getting a pro controller. I think I'm just going to play really? with the Joy-Con grip. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. That's that's a pretty pretty high testament for sure. Then.
3: Yeah, I really that's liked awesome. it. I did. Yeah, I, I think it feels really nice in your hands.
0: That's awesome. So, let's the 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 switching, right? The the taking off of the Joy Cons. Sure. That, Seems pretty natural, seems pretty easy.
3: Yep, it It is. You just, you slide it on, there's like a little track. The first time I did it, I didn't realize, like I thought you had to like click it in and you don't. Like I thought you had to hold down a button and click it. You don't, you just like slide it into these little tracks and then you hear the little click thing. And then to take them off, you hold a little button on the back and then you lift them up and that's it. And uh, I mean, they're awesome. They feel, it feels very satisfying to click them onto the dock you know, and then pick up the controller and then put it back in the dock and then slide them off. It, it feels, I can't even describe it. It's just, it's very satisfying. Right.
0: Nice.
2: It's hard to get it to line up in the dock because I've seen a couple of videos, you know, of people setting it, the, the tablet down in there and it it looks like it maybe has a couple of alignment issues.
3: No, actually, it's funny. I had a harder time aligning them in the grip at first than aligning it in the dock. Mm. In the dock, there was no issue. Um, aligning them in the grip for the first time, it was a little weird because the grip has this thing that's like on the back that holds them in. Um, it, you could sort of see it, like when you see the pictures of the grip by itself. It's like this little extra area in the back that like sort of curves over to give the the like picture of a full controller. Um, and so, for me, immediately I was like, "Oh, I don't want to hit that thing when I'm sliding it in, but it actually the joy cons just go right over it, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I had a harder time like aligning them in the grip at first than I did with the dock. The dock was like immediate. I just slid them right on and no problem. Uh,
2: Matt, I think you may have misunderstood. I'm sorry, but but like like did you get to the set the, the the system itself down into the dock? Yeah, and that also. Was not a so problem. yeah. I, I, what I was saying was I'd seen a couple of videos where like some devs were having to do like some readjustment of the tablet part in the dock to make to, like to get it to go up to the screen. Oh so it, yeah, no. no the one time
3: I the one time I actually put it back into the system, um, like as a whole, and then clicked off the Joy-Cons it felt really natural. Yeah, yeah,
2: no issue. March
0: third, yeah, <laughs> March third. There you go. Uh, so i to I you know, we I know we've been spending, we've been bending your ear, and I'll ask you, Roger, how far you want to go in this conversation with Breath yeah. of the Wild, oh, Breath God. of the Wild need... on the Switch, and I and I, you know we, I mean, like you said, this could be a four-hour podcast, but like, what yeah. are your you played it on the Wii U at E3, you've now played it on the Switch, how are you feeling about it? Uh, what are your general impressions, thoughts? How does it feel controlling it with the Switch, both in handheld mode, but I guess then back in the kind of the Joy-Con base controller.
3: Okay, so there's you're throwing a lot of questions at me. So I, I here's my very first thing that I, I think is really important, and I think something that people want to hear. Um, if if you love Zelda games and you want to play Breath of the Wild, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're buying the Wii U version. Uh, mm-hmm. It is far and away the superior version. Having played the Wii U demo at E3 multiple times, and then played the Switch demo. Uh, there is no comparison I mean it just it runs better it is cleaner it is beautiful on the screen it's running I think at like 900 frames per second it looks really nice all the individual blades of grass the lighting effects the draw distance is substantially better um, there was sort of this like fog in the in the Wii U version that would sort of go over like after a while the draw distance and that is not the case in the switch version at all you can see everywhere and you could go anywhere you look and it is a uh, it is just a really cool experience, and I think it's something that is going to make this game probably one of the best Zelda games of all time. Um, another thing I really liked, though, was the combat. Um, the combat is really fun because it basically adjusts on the fly based on what you have in your inventory. So for example, you could just run past the old man at the beginning of the demo, like I did during the Nintendo Minute, because I had already played um, that part of the demo back at E3. So I knew you talk to the old man, you go to the temple or whatever. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to climb up and see the vista. I wanted to like actually explore. And so what I did was I went past him, and I picked up a woodcutter's axe. And this was seen a little bit in the Nintendo Minute video but there's a lot of it in my vlog, where I'm just like running through the game, smacking down bokeh blends with this ax. And then at one point I realized, wait a minute, I could use the same controls that you use to shoot an arrow to actually chuck the ax at somebody's head. And so I did that and I threw the ax at somebody and it killed them immediately. And I was like, that is really cool. And then that bokeh blend dropped a bow and arrow. So I picked up the bow and then I was like, you know, sniping from behind shooting arrows. It, the gameplay feels so natural. It really feels like you're on an adventure this time around. It doesn't really feel like I'm going to this location to get the bow and arrow, and then I'm going to this location to open a chest to get the arrows. Everything happens really naturally within the game. You you battle an enemy. You pick up their weapon. You use that weapon. You get to the next weapon. You save weapons that are important to you. You don't use them too much so the swords don't break. You then build upon those weapons. Uh, it's it's a really different Weapon item inventory system from anything that's been in a Zelda game before. And that was my biggest takeaway was definitely like how you use items. Um, Stamina is another huge thing. I Mm. completely messed up when I was playing this demo. I was playing it as if um, I was playing Skyward Sword, where you basically have like unlimited stamina, then the stamina runs down and you've got a little bit of time to sort of get your stamina back. When you run out of stamina in this game, if you're in the water, you die immediately. If you mm. run out of stamina and somebody hits you, you die immediately. There's like a lot of stuff that happens with the stamina in this game that uh, I, I realized, okay, I need to be careful. And the nice thing is is there's stuff all around you, mushrooms and different you know, food items and things like that, that so long as you're heavily you know, stocked up on them, you just press the, the pause button. You eat a mushroom, your stamina is back, and you're good to go. And you're definitely going to need to stock up on items when you're like climbing up those giant cliffs your stamina runs down really really fast and so it's going to be funny to sort of go on these giant treks where you're mountain climbing with link and then every you know maybe 15 seconds or so you're pressing the pause button to eat another mushroom so you could just get a little bit higher up the cliff and I know that's something I'm going to want to do is to try to get the verticality aspect of it and trying to see exactly how high I could climb with however many mushrooms I find.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing in the video you got a little excited and you kind of did a little hop over a fence thing and there was uh, nothing but air on the other side.
3: Yeah, I jumped. So there there was uh, an area where I was in a castle above a valley and it was a really steep valley and there were like. These, it was there were there was like fog and clouds underneath this valley there really wasn't anything else down there and I went, oh that looks neat and right as I climbed over I fall down into that valley and I immediately died and I'm like, okay, I can't make the mistake again And then the second I turned on the game and I got back to where I was, I climbed up, and then I almost fell off again. I'm like, no, 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 I gotta be careful.
0: So yes, there's a great question, Roger, for for when you die. Is there is it a respawn for where you just died, or do you have to kind of restart yes. from where?
3: Yeah, yeah. So you have like little checkpoints. Whenever you get to a new location, there's a little um, like a little thing that comes up on the screen, like you just arrived at, at the Sluis, or you just arrived at like the, the garden or whatever. And then you pick up from that point with the inventory you had at that point. Mm-hmm. So at one point in the demo, I actually broke my axe because I thought I threw it at somebody and it broke. And uh, I also ended up blowing up myself because I was pushing a boulder down a hill, (laughs) and I hit this giant thing of fire, and I ended up setting myself on fire, and then all my inventory was gone. It was not good. It was not good. And um, when I died after that, I picked up from the checkpoint before I pushed the boulder, so I still had the axe
1: and I still had my bow and arrow. So, So it sounds like Xenoblade. Yeah, the the checkpoint system in that. Yeah,
3: the checkpoint system in Xenoblade. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good example. Yeah, it's like when you get to a new area in Xenoblade and it says, oh, you're at this portion of Gower Plain or whatever, that's where your checkpoint picks up. Yeah. Actually, that makes a lot of sense, too, considering the fact that Monolith Soft was helping with the open-world aspects of this game. So I'm betting they probably took the checkpoint thing from Xenoblade. That's a very good point, Jesse.
0: Nice job, Jesse. Yay for the win. (laughs) Nice. Any other kind of thoughts or uh, impressions? Yeah, I, I will
3: say the sound design is, is awesome.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, that's something not a lot of people are talking about. The sound design in that game is just great, especially when you're coming off of the TV and you're you're playing it, you know, on the TV, holding it with the Joy-Con grip, and you hear just like the chirps of birds and like the the rustle of the grass and the wildlife. Like it, it's visceral. It really feels this role. And that's something I haven't really had from a Zelda game before. You could I, I felt like a little bit of that with the with the wind in Skyward Sword when you're flying around in your loft wing. But this is this is like a whole nother level. I mean this feels like you are in a world. You're, like, you're completely immersed in this in this beautiful kingdom filled with like these lush environments. It's it's unlike anything else I've ever played. Do
0: you think uh Roger <laughs> that it's almost too much of a divergence? From the formula that people have known Zelda to be, that this becomes so foreign that it's uncomfortable, or because there's thought?
3: a no, there was even a thing in the demo that I played where it was like, look at your Sheikah slate for your new location. So you could easily follow the the um, the story, you know, mm-hmm. and just play through the regular story, going you know to dungeons and certain shrines and getting certain items. You could play the game like that if you want to, just by looking at your Sheikah slate by telling you your next location. Or if you don't want to do that and you do want to sort of explore more, you don't have to. You could look at your Sheikah Slate whenever you want. You could just explore on your own. You could go anywhere. You could go to a mini shrine, pick up items on your own before you go to the first location. It really is up to the player. Nice. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. I like it. Gentlemen, any other questions for, for Roger? No. All right. Excellent. No. Yeah, man, That's that. this is all... So jealous, so jealous! <laughs> Cannot wait for uh, for March third. This is gonna be so hyped. I have the whole day off that day, so I am nice. plunking into playlists. Uh,
1: I haven't requested it off yet, but I probably should. Yeah, cool, excellent.
0: Um, any other questions? Final questions in the chat uh, for Roger Bo's experience, guys. Anyone missed?
3: Yeah, throw them on up, and I will. Uh, I'll do my best to answer That's them. I, one other thing I, I'll mention while we're uh, while we're talking and waiting for other questions in the chat too is just. The, the feel of the system itself. This isn't really something that you could like capture in a video. Um, but I felt a very strong reaction like to playing this system that I didn't feel when I played Wii U. And I think that's a really good sign. And it's hard to like clarify what I mean by that. But what I mean is that while I was actually experiencing the system, and I might have been like a little shocked because it's a new thing, I hadn't played it before and I was a little like blown away by it. But there's a. There's like a feeling of discovery that comes Mm. from playing the Switch that I feel like wasn't there with the Wii U. But it was something that I felt with the Wii generation playing Twilight Princess and Wii Sports. It's that same kind of like feeling of this is a new thing that I've never really done before in a game. And I'm playing on a system that feels very different from anything else I've ever played before. And I I think that's really cool and really unique. And I'm glad they were able to sort of capture that same Wii era feeling with this system because – Again, it certainly was not there with the Wii U.
0: <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Okay, yeah, that's, that's very.
1: So we, we do have a uh, question in the chat. You you talked about that you were used held the Pro Controller for a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah. Did the sides feel rubbery or plasticky, or how did? The...
3: Oh man, I should have paid more attention. I honestly, should, I I wish I could tell you. I don't know. I picked it up. I was like, this feels good. I don't. I don't remember it feeling rubbery though. It felt it felt more plasticky than rubbery. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, some of the questions were: uh, How excited are you for being 29 29 days away?
3: Uh, amazingly excited. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, how excited are you for Fire Emblem? Actually, the mobile that game is... coming out tomorrow. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, Fire Emblem here. Uh, that is tomorrow. You're right. Wow, that game comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, I'm probably gonna spend the day playing Fire Emblem Heroes. I'm gonna wake <laughs> up early because I have to do. Uh, I have to do live reactions and reviews, and I got to take my car in for a smog check, and I got to record a podcast with Nintendon. Um, But once all that is done, I'm going to set aside a couple hours for myself to uh, play some Fire Emblem Heroes. I'm very excited. And I'm also very excited for Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors. I'm a big fan of Hyrule Warriors, and I love Fire Emblem. So natural fit for me. And I'm also super stoked for Fire Emblem on the Switch, coming in 2018. And I'm stoked for the Gaiden remake in just a couple months on the 3DS. So lots of good Fire Emblem stuff on the pipeline.
0: Nice uh Mate, uh manito in the chat uh used hashtag milked with kit and hopefully we can get that trending somewhere i, I with not kit that's I, fantastic
3: i yeah. don't want that trending <laughs> uh,
0: i don't there's anything else going on here uh do you think that the system will sell more once it gets in the consumer's hands um and and consumer conversations occur um, yeah. Much yeah, like the Wii, we, you talked about that.
3: That's something we talked about a little bit earlier on the show, and and yeah, I definitely think this is one of those instances where when you play it for yourself, you realize, man, I need one of these. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And the final question that comes in is, how excited are you for Super Mario Odyssey now that you've played the Switch?
3: So I did not get a chance to play Super Mario Odyssey, sure. obviously. Um, but I just recorded a video with the BitBlock, who is always a uh, frequent guest on Nintendo Dance. Yeah, and, yes. um, and we just recorded a video of the four real-life locations that we'd love to see incorporated into worlds in Super Mario Odyssey. Because the more I've analyzed that trailer and I've looked at that footage, it does seem like the levels this time around are based on real-world locations. Mm-hmm. Um, with the only exception of that being that weird cooking level. Um, mm. Beyond that, that that like lush forest area, that Egyptian ancient aliens area, the uh, the area with the little skeletons with sombreros that looks like Mexico, um, New Donk City based, being based off New York. I do feel like a lot of the worlds in Odyssey are going to be based on like real life locations. And uh, some of the ideas, just to throw them out there as a teaser for the video that's going up uh, on Josh's channel, is we talked about Italy, for example. This could be the first time that Mario actually goes to Italy. That would make a lot of sense. Maybe like a Venetian type of level with canals and little toads and their little rowboats wearing their little uh, (laughs) (laughs) little Venetian outfits would be great. Um, Maybe with like some type of cooking aspect as well. Uh, Maybe that would be like where that cooking area is. Maybe that's like part of a mini game in an Italian area or something. Um, A Caribbean level would be really cool with like pirate toads and with pirate Goombas and pirate Koopas and you're jumping from ship to ship, sort of like a dire, dire docks level would be really neat. And one of the other ones we brought up as well was maybe an area, if we already have New York City, like a Hollywood area. And the Hollywood theme would be a movie studio. So you're basically bouncing around stages, like sound stages, into these different locations that look like sets. And then that would be a really cool way to sort of reference Super Mario Brothers three. I, I was going to say one on of them. Needs,
1: one of them needs yeah. to look like Mario three.
3: Absolutely, with yeah. like the cutouts and everything. And I, I actually think that'd be a really cool idea.
0: That's awesome. Love that idea. Yeah, definitely. So much coming in the pipeline for the Switch over the next several, you know, at least the next nine months to year that we are going to be awfully busy. Yeah. Um, and that and that lineup just continues to get blown out every single what feels like day there are more developers releasing uh content saying that we are developing games for the switch so i don't
3: there were two uh that's indies right yeah so that snake pass game from sumo digital who are the guys behind disney infinity that's their first ever new ip and they're developing it for the switch it's on, it's on other platforms, but it's going to be on the Switch, and it looks almost like a Banjo-Kazooie-esque 3D platformer, but with real-life snake physics. I, I recommend looking at that trailer for yourself. This was a game I saw it posted on Diogaf this morning. I thought, oh, this is a new game for the Switch. I'll check out the trailer. It looks really, really unique. It, it gives me the same kind of like vibe I'm getting from Ukulele but nice. it's like a snake and a hummingbird instead of a bat and a lizard. So uh, check exactly. out Snake Pass, that looks cool. And then the other one too, that was just announced today is the You Don't Know Jack developers mm-hmm. are bringing the Jackboxes to Switch as well. And that's like such a perfect choice for a game to put on the Switch. I, that's like a perfect party game. So I'm happy yeah. they're, they're supporting it as well.
0: When, and just kind of wrapping up here as we kind of bridged over to third parties, when you're hearing this much third party support, um, and kind of groundswell. Do we feel, <clears throat> do we feel like Nintendo's getting back to where they need to be for third-party support, or is everybody kind of you know cautiously dipping their toe in?
3: I think. Indies are are totally onto this. I think they see that this is an opportunity for them to sort of Mm -hmm. blow up, you know, and this is an opportunity for Indies to really show their stuff and be like, hey, we're going to be the first ones in the system. We're going to be the first third party supporting it. And I think the third parties that are supporting it now, I've seen a lot of people making the argument that like, oh, this doesn't have those third party games that I want. This doesn't have Call of Duty. This doesn't have whatever. I'd make the argument that it doesn't have those games. It doesn't have all the third party support. I think it has the right third party support mm. because if you look at these games like Bomberman, Street Fighter, Puyo Puyo, you know, Tetris, Ukulele, Shovel Knight, these are very and we talked about this earlier on the show as well. These are Nintendo-esque franchises. They are character driven, unique you know classic feeling experiences and I think that it, Dragon Quest 2 with the Dragon Quest games coming to it Shimigami Tensei I think they have the right type of third parties supporting the system and the only real thing that I see missing from this lineup right now and I think that could be very easily remedied and I honestly think this is probably going to happen is I see potential for the Final Fantasy 7 remake coming mm. to the Switch. I think that's something that with Cloud and Smash Brothers, it's probably going to happen. And I think the only reason that wasn't, like, teased during the Switch presentation was probably because there's some type of exclusivity deal for the time being with Sony. Um, But if the Switch is a success, I I definitely think we're getting Final Fantasy VII on the Switch.
0: Nice. That would be awesome.
3: Yeah. But even, like, that Octopath game, no one's talking about that game. That looks amazing. That's from I'm
0: so confused about that game right now. Yeah,
3: that game is from the (laughs) Braille default developers... Uh, the people from the team that did Bradley Default over at Square Enix, but it's sort of like a two D,
1: three D pixel RPG. Yeah, it's like cr- Chrono Trigger with lighting effects.
3: Yeah, and right there, like you just said, Chrono Trigger, and like that's one of my top five favorite games of all time. So to see something that looks even a little bit like Chrono Trigger warms my heart, and and knowing that's a Nintendo exclusive, I think that's just that's awesome.
2: When's the drop
0: date on that?
3: Uh, next year, okay. I think. Or I, I think. Yeah, I think it's early next year.
2: Yeah. Okay. See, I got a very Final Fantasy 3 vibe from it. Oh, or definitely, like the six, old retro. However, movie. you want to, however, you want really want to number them. Yeah. The Super but, Nintendo ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. S- six. Uh, <laughs> it, looked, it looked very much like that first village that you go to, in or the first you know town you go to where Terra finds the first Esper. Yeah, yeah, it does. It looks look a whole lot like that. Hmm. Oh, man.
1: I just, I want this look so bad. Right. There's one more question that I think we should ask. Uh, sure. Or, I, I like this one. Um, did, uh, you, I think you touched a little bit about it. Did the Switch feel fragile? Can I trust a kid with it? Or do I hmm. need to be a parental control Bowser and keep a close eye on those who might break it? <laughs> great um, shout out. Great shout out. That to a promo. Great shout out. Um... That, that's why I wanted to say it. Yeah,
3: I, I don't think it feels fragile, but I would be hesitant to give it to my own child um, because the screen is real nice, and I don't want that thing messed up. Um, but then again, we live in the era where kids are playing with iPhones and iPads. So, I mean, it's no different from handing a kid an iPad. If you trust your kid to hold an iPad, you can trust them to hold the Switch.
0: All right, so they're going to be uh, playing with the Wii U then. Fantastic. All right. That's, that's <laughs> what we're going to do here, folks. Cool. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Roger, we don't want to take up much more of your time, but I do want to thank you so much for coming on, as always, being such a frequent contributor to our show uh, and bringing your hands-on impression. Can you just remind everyone uh, where they need to check out all of your amazing stuff?
3: Sure, you could find me at RogersBase on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, and on Instagram. Those are my big four platforms. Uh, my Instagram's kind of been blowing up recently. I'm kind of surprised by that. I'm at like 13,000 something followers on Instagram, and I'm a I'm a gamer YouTuber, so I don't really think uh, who does anime reviews. It's not really there's not an audience there for those people on Instagram. But I'm I'm getting a lot of followers there, and uh, and yeah, Twitter is where you can find me pretty much 24 seven, where I'm giving my thoughts on all the latest news, and of course my YouTube channel, which. Uh, yeah, I just recently hit one hundred ten thousand subscribers. I'm Congratulations! I'm very close one hundred eleven, and uh, my goal for the end of the year is one hundred and fifty. So here's hoping I get there.
0: That's, that's I got to awesome. catch
3: up to my buddy Josh. We're neck no and kidding. neck now. He's at one forty. I'm at one eleven. I'm I'm rapidly getting up to his point, and so I really want to get neck and neck with him, and uh, that's my goal. At the end of the year, I'm going to surpass you, Joshy old buddy, old pal.
0: If either of you want to send any of your subscribers our way, we only have six hundred. So you <laughs> well, know, we'd me, love you know, a couple. You
3: guys, just upload the Hangouts. I think you guys have more fans on iTunes than anything else.
0: Yeah, we do have, we do have a we do have a fair bit on iTunes and yeah. uh, this, but so we appreciate it. So, yeah, congratulations on those milestones, all success you're having, and obviously uh, being included with Nintendo and Nintendo Minute shows again that uh, uh, how crucial you are for part of their success as well. And we obviously saw you at the Video Game Awards this year as well. So hopefully was, more.
3: Did I, did I tell that story on air? No, no. Okay, so. This is a funny story. I actually maybe shouldn't even tell. I'm gonna tell the story. to anyway. who cares. Whatever. We, you know, we Disney. It's fine. Um, so I was, I uh, was at the Game Awards this year with D1 and who's a. Frequent Smash Brothers commentator, um, Jubaili, who runs CEO Gaming. That's a really big Smash Brothers tournament. Um, and then I was also there with Hungrybox, who is a really popular Smash Brothers player who plays Jigglypuff. And four of us are all really good friends, and we wanted to go get a bite to eat after the Game Awards. So the Game Awards were at LA Live, which is this big, like, giant theater that's right in the middle of downtown Los Angeles. And connected to LA Live, there's a Katsuya, which is like a, a Japanese sushi place. So we go in after the Game Awards to Katsuya, and we had just seen Bill and Reggie and Kit on the show floor at the Game Awards Like while we were getting to our seats because we were all in the same type of like, VIP area. Um, but then we said goodbye, and that was that. We didn't think we were going to see him again. So we're sitting down. We order our appetizers for dinner, and little do we, do we know, but uh, Reggie and Kit and Bill and two other developers from Nintendo end up walking into Katsuya and sit at the table just a few tables down from us. Wow. And they don't see us, But we see them, and we know them, and they're familiar with us. But we're like not super close with them. Obviously, like Kit, I am. I've known Kit for years. But like Bill and Reggie, obviously not. Even though, even though Bill interviewed me for a job, that's a different discussion. Anyway, so um, I see them. D1 sees them, and D1, uh, being the you know, laddie da Twitch employee that he is, with all the special perks of an expense account, goes, "Wouldn't it be fun if we buy a bottle of sake for their table?" If we just, like, we don't say anything, we just buy a bottle of sake for their table, and we tell the the guy who's, like, the host to point at our table. <laughs> and they're gonna know who we are. It's just like, but we're just gonna buy them a bottle of sake. And they're like, okay. Nice. And mind you, at this point, we had ordered the bottle of sake, but we see that another bottle of sake had already been delivered to the table. <laughs> so now, they're, like, loaded with the sake. And, uh, our other friend Nadine, who's was with us, starts videotaping. She starts, like, she pulls out her phone and she starts recording. And, uh, we're all waiting, we're holding our, our shot glasses up. And then you see the host on the other side point over to our table and Reggie looks over at us and he goes, "Hey!" And then we lift up our glasses, and we go, "Hey!" <laughs> and then they sort of they do this like waving motion, and then we go over and we just all have drinks with them and we're talking about the Switch and we're talking about, you know, Nintendo's future and Smash Brothers and everything and it was it was a lot of fun. And there's a great picture that's on my Instagram of uh, Bill after a couple drinks. Trying to make the Smash Brothers logo with his hands, but it ends up looking more like a heart, and it was just, it was a lot of fun. So, I don't know how many people get to say they got to get drinks with Reggie and Bill, but uh, but we did, and it was it was a blast. That's
0: awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, again, super jealous. Looks like it looks like a cool party, and it uh, looks like he had a lot of fun. So, yeah, guys, again, a fantastic reason why you have to subscribe to what Rogers does, because this guy is all over the place. And we're still amazing, trying to get Bill on the stuff. show. <laughs> yeah, trying. Bill, like one day.
3: I'll, I'll hit him know. up for you guys. I'll be like, "Yo, Bill, be on the Nintendo dance."
0: You should, you should, because I have hit him up a couple times on Twitter. He does not respond. <laughs> does not respond. All right, guys, let's round out our show here. Uh, we're just going to start wrapping up. We're not going to do what you've been playing. I think, I think, conversation with Roger was so, uh, so good and so filling. So again, thank you, Roger, for that, guys. Retro rewind, uh, February. It's February first. I'm going to tell you what game you should be playing. Drum roll, please. Brr, the winner. Of the February Retro Rewind is Double Dragon. Double Dragon NES Classic game. So, guys, you can pick us up on the Wii U or the 3DS eShop, or perhaps if you have an old-school NES or the NES Classic, this is a game you should be playing. A uh, couple other uh, shout-outs. Huge shout-out to Tim, Sheldon, and Dave, our exclusive Patreon producers who help us keep us live and independent and on the air every single week, creating amazing content. Thank you uh, to our exclusive producers, but also thank you to every single person that uh, throws a dollar our way every single month to create amazing content. Uh, we have some huge plans in 2017, and we are so thankful for your Patreon support. If you'd like to support us, head over to Patreon.com/NintendoDads. Um, and just as we wrap out, a couple things to be aware of, guys. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at NintendoDads. You can email us at NintendoDads at gmail.com. You can we do stuff on Twitch occasionally, but not really, but we probably should. Uh, you go over to uh, twitch.tv slash Nintendo Dads. Of course, YouTube, you can find us there, youtube.com slash C slash Nintendo Dads. And by the way, did you know that we have voicemail? Yeah, that's still a thing. Call us at 929 25N Dads or 929 256 3237. And if you want to buy some sweet Nintendo Dads merch, like this amazing coffee mug that I have here, uh, head over to tiny.cc slash Nintendo Dads store. Um, Big thanks to OC Remix, Imagine Dragons, and Sarah McLaughlin for allowing me to play their music. I didn't ask, but I did anyways. If you're interested in subscribing to our podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and check us out on VG Tribune. And of course, if you want to change the world, give us a five-star review, because you know what? I think we're sometimes worth it. Uh, For myself, for Jesse, for Marty, for Roger's bass, and for an absent and slightly lazy Zach Erickson, thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads.